0: Today we're talking about Joseph. We've had Mary already, haven't we? We've had, uh, series, um, week one and week two so we're now, we're on week three. And today we're looking at the story of Joseph and his involvement in the Christmas season and this time of life. So, but first before I do that, we recognize in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, there's like a long list of like the, the family genealogy of where Joseph, you know, came from, all right? But I thought, what would be interesting is if I told a little bit about the Welsh, kind of some, some of the, the Welsh things which happened just a few years ago. When I say just a few years ago, this now, right? <coughs> Griffith Athlwelyn, right? Try so saying that without a mask on, all right? Griffith Athlwelyn was the first and only... <coughs> recognize, the history books tell us, Welsh king, all right, where all of Wales was united under one king politically and they were ruled by one king, okay, so isn't that an interesting history snapshot of time and it was only for a few years before his cogs were plopped, plopped, no, clogs were popped, See, so never get your tongue slipping up like that. But what was it? Could you imagine the first ever like meeting they had together where, where all like the, like sectional and regional leaders of Wales came along and Lle- Griffith, at and got them together. And listen guys, you know, I don't know what's sort a of vaccine. Maybe it was very Welshy then as well. But we need to sort out our language. It's all mixed up. We need a few more letters, consonants, vowels. You know, we need to change this. Language up a bit, it just sounds too normal. So you can imagine what about you boys up north? Have you got any you know new letters, words? <laughs> you can imagine like the reaction anyway, and what what whales were like in those days for, for them to come up with that. What about you boys down south for you... <laughs> And that's where the Welsh language started, oh, like all it's <laughs> Oh, I'm surprised COVID hasn't, you know, caught a lot more down here. You? Spitting on everyone you're trying to speak. But that was like the start of Wales. And what is interesting is, you know, like family lines sometimes are very strong. And they're like from generation to generation. That, you know, there's like the ups and the downs and all this kind of stuff. And of course, so this... Griffith and he was in charge just before the Norman conquest, okay? when loads of Normans came over from, um, you know, across the Bristol Channel and conquered England and then of course the repercussions into Wales as well. But what was interesting is Griffith Apluellen was the great-great-grandson of Howel Vah. And Howel Vah, ...meant will the Good, who himself came to rule most of Wales, uh, you know, about a hundred years earlier. And what Howell Thar was known for was um, he was highly, highly esteemed amongst Welsh medieval leaders... ...because he established good Welsh traditional law and had a very prominent say in that and getting that established. And the historians comment how... He leaned towards compassion more than punishment. And he's very well known for supporting like women's rights and all this kind of thing. So there was a legacy that Hawil Tha left. Okay, and of course it followed on through the traditions. And for those who are interested in history, please do read the history books. But family history can be interesting for us all. If you all look back at our families and the and you know the generations before us, it is quite an interesting. Interesting thing. And I know people like to look at, like, their family trees, and of course you can dig out the good, the bad, and the ugly through, you know, history and all this kind of stuff. And it can become a very popular pastime for many, and we recognise sometimes generational blessings in our lives, and sometimes generational weaknesses where we find, oh, you know, that's kind of like carried on from my parents or my grandparents, and now it's living it out in my family now. And it's this like, weird thing sometimes which can happen. Well, an in fact I found out not so long ago, Shan's auntie has done a family tree going back like hundreds and hundreds of years. But I really don't believe... I don't believe what they found out, okay? But then again, maybe I do. If I click my little clicker, Sean is related, how will that? Can you believe it? They have found, yes, you can clap. This took a lot of research. It took like many, many years of research. And you can see the family resemblance in fairness. I didn't believe it at first. The hairstyle, the nose, the eyebrows... The beard, you know, not so much. All right, don't get into trouble here now. But isn't it amazing what you can dig up from your family history? Isn't that weird? We are still on the Christmas series, okay? Now then, so that's, you know, that's interesting what I found out with Sean. Now my family background, right, I'll go on to my mother's side for a minute. It is like, so my family, right, my mother's side, the family... This is my main kind of memories of growing up as a kid, my mother's side, the families. We would meet every year on New Year's Day in the evening as a family. My mum was one of five, so all the aunties, uncles, etc., cousins, would all get together as family do. We'd have a buffet together, and it was amazing. And we were all, but 25 of us, stuffed into this little terraced council house. In the middle of fine handy, internationally. But we would have a marvellous time, alright? And my gran would do the buffet. And it was like an M&S buffet. This was my gran's buffet. And it was a brilliant. And we'd have scotch eggs with like these little eggs with like kilts and bagpipes. No, they weren't really. But they were lovely. Scotch eggs. Cocktail sticks with cheese and pickles. Has anyone ever experienced a cheese and a pickle on a cocktail stick? Give me a hands up so I know that you're agreeing you yeah? Some haven't, right? So basically, you go into the plate with your fingers like that, you pick up as many as you can, and then you eat them. Right? I did with this really weird buffet once, where they had cheese with pineapples on sticks. That was, like, strange. But we'd have egg mayonnaise sandwiches. We never had cress in it, because my family never heard of cress. We'd have M sandwiches. Jez would have enjoyed the sausage rolls we used to have. But the flagship, the flagship of the buffet was my gran's chocolate eclairs. Oh my goodness, they were amazing. Chocolate eclairs, I don't if you like a chocolate eclair. Homemade shoe buns, no laces at all, lovely cream, chocolate on top, and they were delicious. And I had this bit of a reputation of being a mischievous child, not like in a bad way, in a funny way sometimes. But I would eat as many chocolate eclairs as I could before like anyone else had finished the savoury bit. So I'd sneaked off to dip into the desserts. You know, when you hold the desserts back in the kitchen and, like, eat loads of chocolate eclairs and they were lush. But the resounding um, memory that I have about family life was the simplicity of it, but the fun, the laughter, the eating together, where relationships were formed, you know, the hospitality that my grandparents had. My grandfather was, he was hilarious. He was this little guy, little of me, he got this bald head I used to sneak up behind him and slap his head like that and, and he'd just be laughing and that would wind him up and then he'd start getting his false teeth out and chasing the grandkids around the house So, but he was a really funny guy but you can imagine you know, we've all got f- different family dynamics we? which we look back and reflect upon and they can be different they can be happy times tough times and we all can look at our history and recognise the good the bad and the ugly but what is important is that if we imagine that and know the fact that we're God's people, God's children adopted into his family this morning, we're going to look at, you know, Joseph's role and the, and the role that he played in, you know, God's calling upon his life. And it was amazing, really. So here we go. We read in the Gospel of Matthew that Joseph was a man who belonged to the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesse, David, Solomon, and all the generations in between. They may not have captured every single one in Matthew, but, you know, there is a very broad range, and you can see how it's all worked out. Now, for many of us, we might find that really boring, seeing a big list of names, but for others of us, we might find that, well, oh, that's really interesting how we really detailed these facts here. And Joseph belong to this lineage and Joseph was known as a good man isn't that a fantastic trait to have to be known as a good man or a good woman as a as a person who is good and we read that Joseph was betrothed or engaged to Mary and we already know that Mary was pregnant through the holy spirit we've done this in our previous sessions but Joseph had integrity he had good character so when we read about the fact that you know he um, was going to um, like not carry through the engagement, get married to Mary, you know, there was that point in his life where he was going to do it in a way that didn't bring embarrassment and shame to Mary. So jo- Joseph was really trying to do the best of the right thing in his time and in his decision making. And Joseph, of course, if looking back for the generations, he had a great, 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 great uncle, probably a few more greats in there, who was also Joseph, who if we remember, would interpret dreams because Joseph belonged, this Joseph belonged to uh, the line of Judah which was the other Joseph's brother. Be with me so far? So anyway, so with this dreams kind of thing, we read four times in Matthew that an angel of the Lord came to visit Joseph and warned him on these occasions about what was going to be going on. But the first thing that we read, and we'll have a look at Matthew one 20 to 20-23 is, is this. Oops, have I gone past one there? Sorry, Alex. Thank you very much for sorting me out there. So here we go. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive... And give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. Isn't that a fantastic truth to know in our lives today? God is with us. And Jesus, the promise to humankind, is with us. And we can know the reality of God in our life today. And Jesus, conceived by the Holy Spirit... As a vulnerable baby into the world, Joseph now is given the job of being like the stepdad or the adoptive dad of Jesus, the son of God. Well, that's a good little responsibility to take up, isn't it? Amazing. So what can we learn from Joseph here? So we already know he's a good man. He's got a great reputation. He's trying to do the right thing. And now all of a sudden he's got this kind of responsibility. Joseph wasn't like a superstar. Although he had a, quite an esteemed lineage, I suppose, but he was a good man and had integrity. So, if we skip back to the first uh, to verse nineteen, it says this: Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. So, when we consider the word integrity, it kind of means like having strong principles or like following the law, or being honest. So we can see kind of the character of Joseph in his life. You know, he's a man who wanted to be honest and do the right thing and follow the law and be a man who, who was good. And if an object has integrity, it means it's sound, it is solid, it is whole. So when us as people want to have like a life of integrity, we're looking to God to help us to grow in strength, to help us think and act soundly and make decisions soundly in our lives. To allow us to feel whole and to be a whole person. Because, you know, that is a challenge in life, isn't it? Our emotions can be up and down. There can be situations that really affect us. We can have, like, weaknesses and strengths in our lives. But our real kind of journey with God is we're allowing Him to grow Integrity into our lives, to grow love into our lives, to have an attitude of Christ within our lives and here like Joseph is 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 like thrown in the deep end but you can see you know the little things that's within him already as a person and he was at a place in life where his reputation had reached a point where he was known as being reliable and sound already and that can be our ongoing process for many of us as well And it's not, you know, sometimes our physical age can, like, put a lid on or or boundaries on who we are as people, but when we grow up, giving God the chance and opportunity to grow our characters that is an amazing thing, I don't know if you've ever experienced as a kid, I can remember pinching a chocolate bar from a shop, right? a very childish thing to do, my friends were like getting chocolate bars and they were doing this as well and, and you know, I wasn't really that kind of kid but on the, for this one instance, one occasion I thought oh, I'll try pinching a chocolate bar and I did and I ate it and I got away with it but then afterwards I was like oh, I didn't really like doing that, that was wrong kind of thing So I think as people, it's like recognizing sometimes when we do like proper things wrong and trying to address them so that we're growing up and we're not making the same mistakes all the time. So this is like a childlike action, a bad decision, a selfish response. But we can learn from those things in our lives. So we can consider as well like Zacchaeus, who was like the little tax collector, ripping people off. You know, his integrity had to be grown. And he learned through Jesus what is right. He learned about honesty and fairness. If you remember, when he had that encounter with Jesus and he, and, he, and he spoke to him and Jesus went around his place and they chatted, he kind of changed his ways, didn't he? I don't know how long that would have taken. But in that conversation, you say, well, look, if I rip people off, I will pay them back, you know, four times the amount. And he was addressing like the selfishness and the childishness and the, you know, the non-integrity, the non-honesty that was in place in his life. He wanted to transition out of that through the saving power of Jesus and what Jesus wanted to do in his life. So we are all a work in progress, if you know what I mean. But it is important not to remain as children. Paul wrote uh, in Corinthians this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So we see, you know, this is the correct way of developing people. Let's not put up with sometimes our own childish attitudes, our own selfish motives. But let's allow God to develop a mature outlook in the things that affect our life and the things in our decision making just like joseph did he wanted to do the right thing and in the right way and he was flexible and god-honoring when it came to being encouraged by god's messenger in that dream not to be afraid of taking mary as his wife so let's be encouraged in life not to be afraid of making good decisions. Maybe we, you know, got stuck in a rut of, or, 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 well, this is how I want to live now. But God can do amazing things and amazing changes in our lives. And let's not be afraid to make good, godly, wise decisions in life, just as Joseph did. He had a life-changing, big, responsible, you know, season coming upon him. And he did take it, you know, like an action man. He got on with it. So let's continue to grow honesty and integrity in our lives, and let's allow these foundational characteristics in life's journey to really be worked in our lives. And no matter what our family background, good or bad, or somewhere in between, that let's not allow that to dictate who we are in christ let's always pick up the good things in the people around us and in our families and let's see oh well that's a good thing that's a good thing i could maybe apply that into my life and let's you know look at the things which are a bit of a trouble maybe stumbling points for others and learn from them and ask god to help us in that situation okay so moving on to the next little bit then through the decision to carry out what God commanded, Joseph became a hospitable homemaker. In verse 24 says this, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. So to obey God and submit to his ways can sometimes be a challenge to us. But here we see Joseph take action. Because there was big implications to him now becoming Jesus' dad. Taking Mary as his wife. You know, these were big implications for him. And we see that Joseph takes on the word of God. The will of God for his life. And he wasn't messing around with it. He was going at it. And he takes Mary as his wife. And he followed God's instructions. And it really made a difference. We had a bit of a laugh earlier about, like, the Welsh king and those who came after him and our own families. But Joseph here was taking care of Mary and Jesus in this world. And God has chosen someone you know, he was like a normal guy, but a good guy. And he was given this responsibility, you know, and I think that is fantastic. You know, there's, there's the humility and the simpleness of it all, yet imagine that responsibility as well. So, Joseph didn't follow his initial judgment, but upon hearing from God, he made a malleable, you know, decision. He was was flexible, he could be, you know, spoken into by God so that he could change his initial reaction and his initial what he was going to do about this. He was already engaged to Mary and loved her. He was prepared to follow God and risk his reputation, as I'm sure there would have been tongues wagging. So in life, sometimes we can be scared about what other people think, but we can take a leaf out of a Joseph's book. You is always do the God thing in life, not what other people think. Do the God thing, the right thing, the righteous thing, the humble thing, the God way, not always our way, God's way. And if anyone is going to start criticizing us or. You know, gossiping about that decision when we're making godly decisions, then we just got to let that drop and let that fly because it's God we're wanting to serve. And have you ever experienced being asked by God ourselves to do something that might be against your initial want or initial desire? I want to do this, or go and do this, or do that. But actually, you can you hear the call of God and the you know the the voice of God into the situation. You You know what? I think that would be the wrong thing to do. I'm going to follow God in this. Sean and I, when we first came to Cornerstone, 28 years ago, whatever it was, we were like 18 at the time. And um, you know, we were looking to see where we felt we fitted in, in God's plan, you know. And like every time we came to Cornerstone, it was like a, you know, a dozen people and, you know, Julian would be preaching and leading and people would be doing this and the other in a coal building up in Penland. But every time we would sit there in like a talk, it was like God speaking to us directly, Shake, not shaking us spiritually, but you know grabbing our attention. And it was very kind of simple, really, the message that God was giving us, was to, to get trained and discipled and serve God with our lives. Very simple message, and it's something we continue to try and do at the age of 18. And now we're going to be pushing, you know, much older now, we Yes, I won't give away the age of 18, I know we are older than me. By five whole days. <laughs> and when we got married. We were 19. And we bought a house. Two doors down. Mid terrace house in Lacha. Next up we went to shan 's granddad. Was 17 at the time was uh, 19 at the time. And Chan was going to care for him. Look after him. Because he wasn't well. And we were going to go there. Look after him. As we were like finding out. Where a, a place fitted in church life. We wanted to join the church. We did that. And then. Three months before we got married, Shan's granddad passed away. He was a Christian. Sad situation. But all of a sudden now, we're moving into a house in Lacha. Next to I went to Shan's granddad, who isn't here anymore. And it was like this opportunity in life, this season in life, where we wanted to get involved in what God was doing in Penland church plant. We decided after 12 short months that we were going to move into Penland. We didn't have much money. We were you know youngsters at the end of the day you know low wages but god found a way of getting us into the heart of the community and what god was doing and there was this housing estate and they were building two bedroom houses we couldn't sell our house but they had this scheme on where they would part exchange our house to help us get there and it was like unbelievable what god was doing and we said okay they give us the first offer we said no don't think so. You give us a second offer. Yes, we'll take that. Do you know, after 12 months, it was almost double what we paid for our initial house, which then allowed us to actually get a mortgage to buy the house in Pennland, because we never, ever would have been able to do it otherwise. God at work, making a decision of what perhaps we wouldn't have wanted to do at first, but trusting God and going for it. And many of us may face those challenges and asks from God in our lives. And what we find is the benefit and the love of God in and through that. When we you know, we, we find new things that God wants to do. We make new friends. We see people become Christians. We experience improved and great relationships. These are all the things which have outflowed over the years, which we've recognised in God. The many people we've seen change through teachings and talks. The many people loved and blessed through friendship. Those who got baptised, little kids who have been dedicated and growing up to be wonderful. Little characters. And over the years of 29 years or whatever it is we've given our life or invested into to see the kingdom of God at work in people's lives there is nothing better than that to get to the end of our days and say to God look this is what we did Lord with what you give us you know it may be limited but Lord we trust you in it and look at what we've seen happen and that can you know it is about people at the end of the day and when we're brave enough and big enough to step out like Joseph did the impact that it makes on people's lives is immense think of the the impact Of the world because of what Joseph did in taking up that challenge of God. Of looking out for Jesus when Herod wanted to kill him off. And all the other things which were going on. Joseph, through his humble attitude, through being a good man, stood his ground and followed God. And we can take that encouragement for our lives. Now, I like to hark on about the old days in my engineering job. So I'm going to give you another illustration about engineering, okay? Alex, you wouldn't mind putting up the next little bit. Manufacturing processes, material properties and characteristics. What you're seeing on the screen here is an aluminium car radiator. Your aluminium car radiator, unless you've got uh, an electric car, etc. This, the job of this component is to cool the the water, the coolant that goes around your engine, so it doesn't blow up, and um, it cools it down. But. In technology and in materials, if, you, if you're a chemist or a material engineer, whatever, and you find out the characteristics about materials in alloys, it's quite interesting if you're into that kind of thing. So years ago, back in the late 80s, early 90s, Carlsonic, the company I work for, used to make radiators here which were made out of copper or copper brass, okay? Now, copper is malleable. It can be shaped or bent. It's ductile. It can be pulled and stretched. It has conductivity. It can transfer uh, heat and electricity. So those are like the main key characteristics of copper. Aluminium has similar um, properties to copper. It is also malleable and ductile and conductive. It's corrosion resistant. And it lightweighted and it is much cheaper than copper. So in the engineering days, in the early 90s, late 80s, CalSonic turned away from copper brass radiators into aluminium radiators so that they could remain competitive and all this kind of thing. And in whatever manufacturing process that takes place, the materials have to have the correct properties to cope with the process and end up as a product that lasts and fits its purpose. And as people, you know, we're made in the material to know God, to be flexible enough to know God's work and hand in our lives, that we can have... An ability to stretch and to know the growth of God in our lives. We can hear from God. We can be those who can receive from God and to give out as well. That we can transfer and give the love and compassion of God in our lives. And there are some Bible verses that pertain to God being a great creator. A manufacturer of humankind. And we his workmanship. Designed to know him. Shaped in a way that pleases him. Everything within us is designed and shaped for a relationship with God and friendship and relationship with our fellow man. It is our spiritual side of lives and our physical side of lives. In Isaiah 64, it says this, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are the work of your hand. And we as people are described as God's workmanship. Just think about that for a minute in our own minds. I am God's workmanship. Just say that to yourself. I am God's workmanship. God doesn't make mistakes in people. We are God's workmanship, created as an individual, as a person, to know him, to know his purpose, to know his love, his peace. We can speak to him. We can thank him. We can pray to him. We can know, we can worship him, we can praise him. We can know his grace and forgiveness in our lives as he understands our walk in life. And God's work is ongoing. We are clay, malleable, soft, workable in his hand. Supple, not resistant and rigid. Because that can happen in life too. When we resist the work of God and we resist and and we don't want to be challenged. And we don't want to get scared. Or we we don't want to address things in our lives. And we, you know, we don't want God to get involved. But let's take encouragement from Joseph's story here to allow God to shape us. And to help us be malleable in his hand. And Joseph still had a lot of things to go through. This was like the starting point really, what he was doing here, is taking on this thing here. He was going to marry Mary and raise Jesus in a challenging and dangerous time. He's warned three times by an angel in his dreams in Matthew 2 verses 13, 19 and 22. He's about to grow a family. We read that uh, there was Jesus, but then there was the brothers, James and Joseph, who might be Joseph, Judas, Simon, and there was daughters. So anyone who's brought up a family knows it can be quite hard work sometimes and quite challenging. But Joseph was up for, you know, being hospitable, creating a home, and growing his kids. We hear that, you know, Joseph trained Jesus. Um, in Carpentry or whatever, you know, it was, you know, that the work tecton on or whatever it is it means, you know, like a, like a workmanship, like a practical thing. So it could have been carpentry, it could have been stonemasonry as well, it could have been various other practical skills, artisan skills, you know, in the mix as well. So, so Joseph has now created such a foundation in and through God, through his openness to, to serving, really, And to honouring God, He's he's created like a a family, a place for for Jesus to grow up in, His brothers and sisters, getting on with normal life. But of course, you know, Jesus was like no like normal person as we know. So the call of a parent is rich and rewarding, and it can be uphill at times. But you know, Joseph created something here. Which was so important, and that shaped, you know, and helped Jesus in his walk as well as he was growing up. So let's take and just consider, just like Joseph, let's be a people who respond to the call of God in our lives, that we again can be those who are, you know, clay in the hands of the Potter, Father God, and we can see the significance of the people um, around us, the value that God has equipped us with to brief provide for others so we as individuals are unique in our classrooms in our lectures and i know it's a little bit of a different season now but for each of us you know we can be those providers of god's love and compassion to other people just like joseph did here we have unique opportunities as each of us go about our day to day we're all involved in different things in different situations different interests different jobs and all that and that is good, because the kingdom of God is at work, and the kingdom of God you know, obviously is worked through through his people and it affects the world around us. So let's continue to, to, to follow that example of Joseph. and finally the last little bit before finishing, let's look to God for our approval in life and not to be like caught up in the praises of men. And when we fast forward a good few years, and Jesus is in his early thirties now, and his ministry has begun, and he's teaching, and he's preaching, and he's healing people, and he's seeing miracles happen, so through his life and through his ministry, you know, in his day to day, amazing things are happening. And we, we have recognized that, that Jesus is bringing love and grace into the world, and he's changing the hearts of men and women forever. He's, you know, he's Preaching about the kingdom of God and and the amazing things that who God is and the kingdom of God is at work. And then we look at these verses in Matthew 13. So we fast forwarded these few years and let me just read this little bit in closing just to pull something out from it. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left the part of the country and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said... Where does he get his wisdom and the power to do miracles? And then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Now, when I was reading that, the words... He's just the carpenter's son. Cut right into me, into into that statement. Those five words, "He's just the." We know that Jesus wasn't just the. We know Joseph wasn't just the. And for us, let's not be shaped by the world saying we're just the, because we are God's children, His holy priesthood. A call generation to bring change and love and transformation into the world around us. And let's not get tucked up by the words of the enemy and those who are against Jesus, by we're just there. Because we're more than the just we are God's people. And to have, the, you know, the, the humility within us, yeah, well, yeah, in a way we are just there, but in that humility and in that openness to the Holy Spirit and in the love and compassion which has changed and affected our hearts, we will not be the justers. We will the people who bring the love and compassion of God into our lives, into our situations and into those around us. So whereas they diss Jesus and Joseph in those five words, we can know the reality of God's love In our hearts. And there are no limits to what God can do in and through us. No matter what, you know, our family background is, our home life, the generations that have gone before, each of us is like a new creation in God. And where we can say like, thank you to God in our journey and in the journey each of our families have had, it is great to know that God is also doing a new thing in our lives. And let's always be open to what God is doing in our hearts and in our lives. So, let's be encouraged by Joseph's stance in life and obedience to God. Let's remember to take action. Life is about taking action. There is a response to God required. And let's be excited by what God is doing today. Let's close our eyes and I pray to finish. Yes, Lord, we thank you for what we can pull from... Joseph's experience and the decisions that he made when you spoke to him in his life Lord and we're grateful to you and for us Lord today we recognize and consider and remember all that you've done in our lives as well and right now Lord we ask you that through the work of your Holy Spirit that we would know the impact and work of your love and grace in our hearts Maybe we're at a place right now where we could really do with some encouragement, Lord. And we pray for that right now. The Holy Spirit, that you would encourage our hearts, that we would see your love and your compassion right now as we stop and consider your love. And we're grateful to you, Lord, today for all that you're doing and that we would be a people who just humbly sit before you right now and ask you, Lord, to continue to pour in all that you have for us, Lord. May we not, like, hinder or put you into a box of what you want to do in our hearts and in our lives. We ask you, Lord, to fill the openness of our hearts with your love and compassion right now. For encouragement, for strength. Maybe we just need some energy right now, or some peace in our heart. Just to recognize the simplicity in life at times. And not just to get caught up in the charter and the whatnot, But to know your peace right now in our hearts. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Great chant.